0: Thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit is the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. He is our guide. He is the anointing that teaches us all things. And he is also the anointing that breaks every yoke and removes every burden. He is the anointing that performs healing and deliverance. Oh, so, Father, we just want to thank you right now that we are in the dispensation of grace. And this is the dispensation of the Holy Spirit and His ministry. So we yield ourselves, we yield this time, we yield this message, we place it all underneath the government of the Spirit of the Living God. And we thank you, Lord, for liberty. We thank you for freedom. We thank you for transformation. We thank you, Lord, for speaking, for declaring, for decreeing, and for performing the word of God. We give you praise, glory, thanksgiving, and honor in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Now I just want to welcome everyone here and everyone that is joining us online on whatever platform. We be be bless be blessed you in the name of Jesus. And we believe God for his grace that abounds towards you so that wherever you are, the spirit of the Lord is. Amen. For God is omnipresent and where the kingdom of God is, there is power. And if you are born again, the kingdom of God is within you. So the power of God is present where you are. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We believe God. Amen. All right. Now, I'm teaching this subject. This is the title of the message today. Applying Christ's sacrifice for healing step by step. I'm going to teach on how you can apply the sacrifice of Christ. What Jesus did in his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and in his shed blood. What Jesus did that is already done and finished, how do you get a hold of that and apply it in the area of healing? And what is the step-by-step process by which is done, this is done? So that when we are done here today, you are to leave coming out of this, I believe God to minister to you. I believe God to heal you. But I also believe God that you're going to come out with an understanding and with a clarity of comprehension whereby you will know how you can apply the sacrifice of Christ to be healed. And and I'm talking, whether you're talking about some a a headache or whether you're talking about something that is stage four cancer or whether you're talking about something that medical science might call incurable. The reality is this sacrifice of Christ has paid the price in full so that there is nothing in the realm of human existence and experience that is beyond what God finished in Christ. Amen? So we're going to be teaching about that, but in a step-by-step process. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Having said that, it is necessary for me to lay a foundation on the first half of this message. Lay a foundation so that you can have understanding. Thank God for knowledge. Knowledge is good, and you're going to get some information and some knowledge. But it is necessary to have understanding so that you can know how you can do. Because you've got to be able to do. You've got to be able to take action. And for that reason, understanding is necessary. So I will take a little bit of time to make sure that we lay a proper foundation. And, um, and, 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 and then after that, then I'm going to go move into the, the aspect of the teaching, which is the how do you do this? How are you going to apply this? How do you make this work? Amen? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, a carpenter needs to know how to use his tools. Amen? Well, okay, so we want to know how does this work, and also to, now at the end of this, I will pray for everyone here and for those online. I don't care what you're dealing with. The power of God is available, and I am believing God to, to perform and to show himself strong. So I will be praying for everyone, and especially in the arena of healing. Blessed be in the name of the Lord. All right, glory to God. Let's get going. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to use this as as a, as a text, so to speak, for this message. First John, ha, okay, First John chapter 3 and verse 8. First John chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil." You see, sin came through Adam, and then because of that, death came. And death, sickness is, 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 sickness is death in slow motion. Are you with me? So, sickness and disease and all of those other things that are in the earth, it all came because of Adam's fault. Because of Adam's fault. But here the scripture says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, what for? To destroy the works of the devil. The reason why he came was to undo, to destroy, to loosen, to dissolve the works of the devil. What do you mean the works of the devil? What I'm talking the works of the devil are those miseries and evil that came into the realm of the human race because of Adam's contact with the devil or with the devil's contact with Adam. Amen? So Jesus came to destroy that. He either did it or he didn't. He either succeeded or he did not succeed, one or the other. It cannot be in between. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So let's, let's back up a little bit and, um, and see this. Now, 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 because sickness and disease is, so, is part of the consequences of the fall, and Jesus came to destroy uh, um, the works of the devil, which would mean sickness and disease, if he has done that and he has done that successfully, and we are to apply it. What should be the result? Listen to this verse of scripture: Isaiah thirty-three. And I'm putting this out there almost as a bait. <laughs> I'm putting this out there to, and uh, I'm putting this out there clearly because I want to be emphatic. I want to make sure that if this was a, if this was a, if this was a courtroom and I'm presenting a legal case, when it's done, then then we need to have a unanimous decision. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Everyone in the jury must must, must either vote. What, guilty? <laughs> Isaiah 33 verse 24, listen to this. It says the inhabitants will not say, will not say, the inhabitants, the inhabitants will not say I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. That's interesting. They will not say they're sick. And the people that dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. Why is that? You see, the scripture says in Psalms 103 that, that he has forgiven all our iniquities and heal all our diseases. You see, the connection between iniquities and sin and sickness and disease, as, as far as God is concerned, that sacrifice on the cross, Jesus that bore our sins, also carried our diseases. Jesus that died for our sins, died for our sickness and disease. It's the same sacrifice, and it is the same redemption. Hallelujah. That is why it was saying 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, being dead to sin, we live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. In other words then, if there was never an issue of sin in the earth, there would never be an issue of sickness and disease or death. The wages of sin is death. And because of sin, death came upon every man. And sickness is nothing more than death in slow motion. Are you with me? So here, here, according to Isaiah 33 and verse 24, if the sacrifice of Christ is indeed or was indeed successful and it is fully, uh, fully applied, then this ought to be the result. No one, the inhabitant, will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. They will not, sickness would not be an issue. Hallelujah. All right, I'm just going to leave that over here. Can we hang that over here? And we're going to come back and check it out later. What did I hang over here? The inhabit, they inhabit, no one will say I'm sick because the inhabitants have been forgiven. Let's leave this down here. We're going to come back later. Remember? So when I come up here, you know what's here, right? Isaiah 33, 24. Okay. All right. Are we okay? Yes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. All right. So let's, let's, let's walk through this here. Genesis chapter 2. So bear with me as I lay a foundation so that we can have the necessary understanding. Genesis chapter 2. Um, most of you know the Genesis story, but let me jump in the middle here, verse, chapter 2, verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden. God planted a garden. Eastward in the Eden... In Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God, he made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from there, it parted and it became four river heads. The name of the first pishon it is the one which skirts the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. Where there is gold. Say gold, somebody. Amen. <laughs> the name, the, and the gold of that land is good. Say good gold. And then there was BD, belidium, and onyx stone there. In other words, there was gold, there was precious stone, there was, there was pearls, was there. Who put it there? Who put it there? God planted the tree. God put the silver and gold there. And the name of the second river is, is Gishon. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hedikel. And it is the one which goes towards the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Then the Lord, then the Lord, then the Lord. After all of that was done. After the tree was planted. After all the trees were planted. After there was gold. After everything was finished. And now God did what? He planted. The Lord took the man. And put him in the garden. To tend it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man. Saying of every tree of the garden. You would freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You shall not eat. For in the day that you eat thereof. For in, for in that day, that you, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. All right, here's what I want us to see just very quickly. God placed, now matter of fact, I'm going to put this statement right smack out front. This is so very important what I'm about to say. Unfortunately, many times within the body of Christ and teaching various subjects, the reality when Jesus said it is finished is something that for some reason believers have not fully grasped. Or else they may grasp it in some intellectual way, but not in a practical, applicable way in in, in the reality of what it is. So I'm going to endeavor to accomplish this very quickly right now. Here is what I want you to capture right here. God placed Adam in his finished work. God placed Adam in a work that he had already finished. The garden was there, the trees were growing, the fruit was there, the silver and the gold is there, and all of that. Lots of fruit. Every provision was supplied. Now, all Adam needed to do was to appropriate what was, what was already provided, what God had finished. Now, I'm mentioning this because of this. Because by the time we get, uh, when we go a little further, we have to be able to see that even as God planted Adam in what he had already finished, in his finished work. So here we are, born again, children of God, and God has planted us in what Jesus finished. The finished work of Christ, it is done. All we got to do, just like Adam had a responsibility, to take advantage of the provisions are there. Well, we got to learn by faith to take advantage of the provisions that are already there, that are finished, that includes our healing, our deliverance, our salvation, and quite frankly, the provision for every need. When we get a hold of that, then the foundation of our faith becomes solid. Because the scripture will say in Philemon that, it, that, 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 um, that the communication, your faith will work. It will produce when you can acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. When you can recognize what is done. We can spend and we can spend seminar hours or we can spend ten hours on teaching faith. But when it's all said and done, I will say this to you. The most, the most important foundation of faith that makes faith simple is recognizing that it's already done. So I don't have to talk God into doing this or to doing that it's already done. So it is about my receiving more than anything else. When we come to the throne of grace, we are not coming to the throne of grace, the place where God has, where these provisions are to try to talk God into it or to create it. No, we come boldly to the throne of grace that we might what? Obtain mercy and find grace. Well, you can't find if it isn't there. You can't obtain what's not there, but it's already there. So you're here to obtain. You're here to receive. You're here to find. And this is the reality. So God placed Adam... In his finished work. And we are placed in the finished work of Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 17 and verse 4. Father, the work that you have given me to do. I finished it. And on the cross. In John 19 verse 30. Jesus said. Before he give up the ghost. It is finished. What is finished? All the works of the devil. That he came to undo. He undid. (laughs) You like that? That's good English. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at Genesis chapter 3 just to quickly capture what are some of the consequences of this fall that Adam plunged all of us into. Amen. Reading from verse 1. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any other beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman... Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the the woman, you will not surely die. In other words, God wants to lie to you. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when, in other words, so he's telling Adam, Eve, not to obey God. What he didn't say is, he didn't just say don't obey God, he was actually saying obey me. Because you see who you obey is the one that you put, give lordship over you. All right. A servant is supposed to obey his master. So that very act of, of who you obey puts you in subjection or makes you the servant of. All right, anyway. So when the, woman saw that it, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and that it was a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of it. And she took of its fruit and she ate. She also gave give it give some to Adam, to her husband, with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves and, 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 and together and they made themselves coverings and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and, and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And so he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the the man said, the woman whom you give to me, who you give to to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is it that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Well, at least if I not know that she found out, at least she knows she was deceived. All right, A little late, but she knew she was deceived. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle, and more than every beast of the field. And on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception in pain. Now pain is on the scene. You shall bring four children, and you shall, and and your desire shall be to your hus- for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the wife, the voice of your wife, and you have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. Cursed is on the scene. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. And in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken and for thus you are, and to thus you shall return. Very quickly, there are some, there, there, some, there are some influence, what should I say? There are some consequences to the fall. As to how it was, if there was no fall, how would it have been? And how is it as a result of the fall? I'm just going to deal with the consequence side. The other side is beautiful. You can, you can fill in the blanks. But, and you see, the consequences of the fall was not just for Adam, but it was for all mankind. Because in a sense, all of mankind was in Adam, in a sense. Or was going to come out of Adam. So whatever, whatever the consequences for Adam were, that's what it's going to be for, for all of mankind. Now, thank God the opposite is also going to be true when Jesus comes in the scene. But anyway, that we're going to have to wait for that. So, um, first of all, they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Genesis 3, 7 says that their eyes were opened. Now, this is a big, very, very big deal. Their eyes were opened, and they're going to be like God, knowing good and evil. What exactly happened there? What happened there is we have five physical senses with which we are able to connect with the physical realm. And then we have, and then, and then, then but we are also, we also have a... We have a five physical senses to operate in the physical realm. We have the soul, which we can operate into in the electrical realm, and, and so on and so forth. And then we have the spiritual realm. Now, what happened when the eyes were open is that there, 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 that five physical senses took over. It took over, and it became dominant. Not only it became dominant in fact it became so so very more than this dominant and the sense that they had had to be able to operate the five physical senses is for the physical realm see taste smell etc but now in the realm of the spirit the unseen realm because Jesus God said the moment you eat you shall die that is spiritual that instant they die they were separated from god and that invisible realm, that unseen realm, they became blind and dead to that realm. And that was where they were going to be able to function from to rule. So that realm was chopped off and they became blind in that realm. And so, they, and let's call the sense that you need to operate in that realm faith. Let's call faith the sixth sense. That's going to become very, very important. Because later on, when we recognize that we have been redeemed, and now in Christ, we have everything restored, and in Christ, we now have all of the works of the enemy destroyed, paralyzed, canceled, and now we we can come to the throne of grace to obtain, be it healing, deliverance, or some of that gold, right? What, then the way we're going to do that is not going to be by the five physical senses. It's going to be by that sixth sense called faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, and without faith, it is impossible to receive. Are you with me? So this 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 matters. So then, but they became... So, they, so, so just for now, think of that sixth sense, and we call it faith, by which you are able to see and function in the unseen realm from which Adam and Eve were now kicked out and it was shut off. Because you see, it is in that realm. That is where your healing exists. That's where it is. God doesn't have to create it. Nor do you have to create it. It's already there. It's just a matter of receiving it, of taking it, whatever you desire, when you pray. Believe you receive it. Take it and you shall have it. Amen? But you can't do that if you don't really have faith, if you don't believe, if you don't know. And you can't. how are you going to believe what you, don't ha- what you haven't even heard? Anyway, let's, let's move on. Hallelujah. So this is where your healing exists. And it has your name on it. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, We walk by faith, not by sight. Which means we walk by faith, not by the five physical senses. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, but anyway... What are these consequences? Number one, so when they got cut off, they, they became disconnected from God. To be disconnected from God when God is the source of life, when God is the source of glory, it is like being plugged out from that electricity. The whole place goes in darkness. They were plucked out and cut off from that life source, that source of the goodness. And they were expelled. They, 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 they drove themselves out from the fellowship of God. There was no longer that fellowship and that intimacy. They were hiding from God. That fellowship was now broken. Now it is important for us to understand some of these consequences because if any one of these consequences, the sacrifice of Christ does not totally fix then it would mean the sacrifice of Christ was not that perfect and would not have been that complete and how could and then it should not say that Jesus destroyed the works of the devil they would say you could say he destroyed many of the works of the devil or most of the works of the devil but he destroyed them all so every consequence we see has got to be answered in the sacrifice of Christ or we cannot use the word like all are you with me that is important But you see, when I know that, and when you know that, then whatever the problem is, we know where the answer is. It's in the sacrifice. All right. So anyway, consequence. So they were chopped off from their life. So they were out of fellowship. The fellowship was broken. And out of that, and and here they were, they were now insecure. Oh, God's coming. Come on. And I mean, they were coming up with fig leaves and all of this kind of stuff. uh, And it activated conscience. It activated the conscience and so now they're dealing with shame. I'm naked. Now they're dealing with guilt. Ah, you give it to me. Now they're blaming one another. The finger pointing. No, not me. You. No, not me. You. You. No, the devil did it. And all of this is coming. In. Insecurity. Conscience defied. Fear. All of a sudden now they have fear. Finger pointing. Blame game. Not taking responsibility. Sin. Disobedience. Rebellion. Deceit. Hiding, and in the process, they also connected to the devil and his nature. So the scripture will say that you are of your father the devil. Jesus said that, John chapter 8 verse verse 4 to 4. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, I don't have time to turn to it, but it says about us walking according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the air and according to that iniquity that is at work within us. That was the enemy's nature. 1 John 5, 19 says the whole world is under the sway or in the arms or in the lap of the devil, so to speak. It calls 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, it says the devil, he is the God of this world. Adam was supposed to be God of this world. We don't have time to go there, but have you ever thought about it? That God had given to, God says, let us make man in our own image and let them have dominion over the fish, over the bird, over the lion, over the tiger, over every flying bird. I don't see man having no dominion over any lion, do you? I mean, mean a, a dog with some long teeth and we run and hide. Try to climb a tree, I did that one time. Why? Because, you see, the only way that power was, and authority was going to work to rule over the animals all began from this fact that I make man in my own image. Which means what? They, I'm giving them my nature. But they didn't have, But then they, they were separated from it, so they couldn't walk in that dominion and have authority. Are you with me? All right. So what am I saying? This disconnect from God was also a connecting with the devil and with his nature. And we now became part of the kingdom of darkness. It's going to say when we get born again, how that God translated us out of the kingdom of darkness and he's now placed us in the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of his dear son. And then here, and we're still talking about consequences. You shall eat, the, the devil says, eat this, because God knows the moment you eat of it, you're going to be like God. You're going to know good and evil. Which means what? You're going to know good and evil. You're not going to need God. You're going to be independent of God. You're going to be dependent on yourself. You're going to get all the answers. You, it's going to, you are going to be your own little God. You, you can sit on your own throne. I believe that's where the, you know, the self-help marketing stuff that we have. You know, right now, man, you, you, want to, you want to make some quick money? Come up with some self-help idea and market it. People like that. Self-help, self-help. That's where it comes from. That tree of the knowledge of good and evil so that you don't need God. Hallelujah. But you see, with that, the scripture says, cursed is he that trusted in man and in the arm of flesh. So with that fall also came curse. And with that curse, which wasn't just a curse in the ground and poverty and lack, it included all of that. But it also included sickness and disease and relationship dysfunction and the crime and the misery and all of that stuff that we see in the earth. It included mental torment, oppression, depression, and all of that that came because of the fall. Every evil, every harm, every dysfunction, all of that because of interaction between the devil and the man, Adam. And all of us became victims. But guess what? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy, to solve, to dissolve the works of the devil and to liberate us. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But you got to know the truth and apply the truth and then you can experience the freedom. Whether it be from sickness, disease or anything else. All right. So the point is this. The sacrifice fixed everything. Say everything. We are only going to be focusing on sickness and disease today. But say everything. Glory to God. So Jesus came to fix it all by his sacrifice and he did. That's what John 3.16. How many know John 3.16? Do you know that's what it says? God so loved the world that he what? He sacrificed his son. Why? So that whoever believes in him should have what? You know what everlasting life is? It's the God kind of life. And in other words, God sacrificed his son and whoever believed in his son and in that sacrifice and receive him as Savior and Lord will have everlasting life, which is the life of God, the nature of God, the God kind of life. And in the God kind of life, there is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no lack, there is no oppression, there is no depression, there is no curse whatsoever. That's the sacrifice. That's why Jesus came. Jesus said in another place, I have come that you might have what? A life and have it how? Abundantly. Why is that? Because, and, and why is it possible? Because he destroyed, paralyzed, <laughs> neutralized, canceled the works of the devil. Amen? How would you like to pay for something? Can you imagine, can you imagine, um, let's say, Let's say the Ketty son, you know, yeah, him, yeah, came and he, he paid. I mean, he worked hard, he worked overtime because there was this particular thing that he knew his mother wanted so much. And so he worked, he worked of, uh, overtime, double time, except and finally it, it needed like f- $4,000, which was a lot of money. And he finally came up with the money and he got it and he paid for it and everything else. And then he says, and, and then he said, I want you to just. Give this to my mom, but then later on, when his mom came for it, I say, "You can't have it, right? And she said, "But you can't have it. Why can't I have it? It's paid for no you can't. and or else, even worse than that, I try to get her to pay for it. Something's wrong there, isn't it? In other words, here's the point. The point is when you know this is yours and it's fully paid for, what are you going to... I'm not putting... I'm going to get... This has been paid for. I'm going to have it. And I'm not leaving here until I get it. Are you with me? This is the attitude we need to have concerning, we're dealing with sickness and diseases, but because concerning any of the works of the devil that have already been destroyed, and we're concerning what Jesus has already finished. You have got to have that mindset. If you don't have that mindset in this wicked and perverse world, where the devil is the god of this world, and where there is one kind of virus or another kind of virus, and I mean it's COVID 16, COVID 19, COVID who knows what, if you don't have that kind of stand and mindset, then when COVID, whatever shows up, you're going to have to run and hide behind those fig trees, behind those fig leaves, or go hide in the bushes. Do You get my point? But when you know what you know, when you know what is the truth, and you know and you can apply that truth, that is why this message is being taught today. Because you see, the sacrifice of Christ that has purchased your freedom, that has purchased and paid for your healing in full, that same sacrifice that has given it to you. The very application of that sacrifice will cause, the, will cause it to be made manifest. And, but you got to know, not only that it is given, but how do I apply this sacrifice and get what Jesus has shed his blood for me to have? Not because I deserve it, not because I'm so good, but because God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son to pay the price so that I can have this. I can have this. You can have this. You've got a right to it. Not because of your goodness, but because of his mercy. Because of his grace. Because it is finished. Are you with me? Alright. So, let's move on. So, this sacrifice fixed everything. That is why Isaiah 33 verse 24 would say that in that day, where Isaiah 33 verse 24 says... Um, No one will say I'm sick. No one is going to say I'm sick. Now when you get appropriate this. All right. Now if the sacrifice of Christ. Dying on the cross for our sins. Did not fix every problem. Including sickness and disease. It would mean that the devil. Was more successful. In what he accomplished. In the first Adam. Than what God accomplished in Jesus. Can you see that? It would mean that the sacrifice of Christ could not be perfect. There would be room for improvement. I could think of room of improvement, wouldn't you? Well, it was perfect. Therefore, it can't be any better than it is. No human being is ever should ever be able to come up with any kind of logical reasoning as to how the sacrifice of Christ could be better because there is nothing that the sacrifice of Christ has not fixed. Hallelujah. The devil, the scripture says he spoiled principalities. He stripped the devil, made a show of it openly. Jesus, when he rose up from the dead, he says, I've got all power, both in heaven and on earth. I've got the keys of hell and of death. The scripture says he was, he was a partaker of flesh and blood. Why? So that, through, so that he could taste death for every man. And the true death he might destroy and paralyze him that had the power of death, which is the, the devil, and deliver those of us who were under the fear of death. The devil has been defeated. Now I don't have time to go into the scripture, but Colossians 1 verse 20 basically says that Jesus, by the blood of his cross, which means the sacrifice, he has purchased peace in that he has reconciled everything to God's original intent. What does that mean? It means by that sacrifice, he has made an exchange, reconciled, exchange, and he's put things in a place To God's original intent, meaning as if sin had never been. The sacrifice of Christ has reconciled, has purchased peace. And this peace we're talking about is is not merely shalom, nothing broken and nothing missing. It's everything reconciled to God's original intent, just as if sin had never been. In other words, the way it would have been before the foundation of the world. Are you with me? That's what it is, so that's how complete and perfect the sacrifice of Christ is. that in the realm of the Spirit, it's called justified, justification, just as if sin has never been. Amen? All right. So the sacrifice answers every, every humor, every problem. I mean, we're talking about human beings. We're talking about us. But the truth of the matter is, it's everything in creation, including all those earthquakes and tornadoes and bugs and thorns and thistles and mildew and whatever else. Amen. But nevertheless, having said that, we're just focusing on this issue of health. Today we are focusing on healing, living in divine health, and we want to look at the step-by-step process By which you can accomplish this. For this purpose the son of God was manifested. To destroy the works of the devil. And Jesus said it is finished. And John 8.36 says. Whom the son sets free. Is what? Mostly free. 99 is free indeed. But. You got to know the truth. Apply the truth. And if you know the truth. And you do the truth. The truth shall what? It will make you free. That freedom that is already yours will be made manifest. The sacrifice, the application, the correct application of the sacrifice will cause your healing to manifest. So, what is the sacrifice? What is this? What is the sacrifice? Amen. What is the sacrifice? This is very important. The sacrifice, well, on one level, the sacrifice is the gospel. Say gospel. Make a gospel mouth. Say gospel. All right. The sacrifice is the gospel. It is the good news. What is the good news? The good news. The good news that Jesus died for our sins. But it's more than just that. It is the good news that Jesus died who is God, became a man, and he did, number one, he died. Number two, he was buried. Number three, he was resurrected. Number four, he ascended to the Father's right hand. And number five, he shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins and to establish us in the new covenant. All right? Okay. Now, let me just read that from the Word. First Corinthians chapter 15 Paul writing, he says, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. You see, someone might be listening here, here today, and you're listening because you want to be healed, and that's okay. People got healed in the Old Testament, none of them were born again. Healing has been paid for for Christian nor, and non Christians. Amen. The question is about receiving it. But if but at the same time, when it comes to eternal life, being born again, you can only be born again by receiving Jesus as Savior and Lord and by believing this gospel. So, I don't want to leave you out. So, if for any reason you're not born again, then you need to hear this. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the words which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, etc, etc. So, how it is that you get saved? By believing the sacrifice. That believing that Jesus died for you and you receive him as Savior and Lord. Romans 10 verse 9 says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. In other words, if you will confess with your mouth and believe that God raised him from the dead, if you will believe the sacrifice and make Jesus Savior and the Lord of your life, you shall be saved because God is rich to all them that call upon the name of Jesus. That's salvation. That's being born again. But that's what we're talking about in the sacrifice for Christ, this aspect, the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and the shed blood of Christ. These five. But now hear this carefully. This is the first half of the sacrifice. What? This is the first half. What Jesus did. His death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and shed blood. But now the second half of the sacrifice is this. And let me say this. This second half of the sacrifice is critical. Without the knowledge of this second half of the sacrifice... You cannot walk in certain spiritual things with any kind of consistent success and stability. In the, um, the second half of the sacrifice is this. Now hear me now. Just as every human being, when Adam fell and all the consequences that came because of his fall was on every human being, so... And because we were in him in a sense where we were in Christ. Every human being. The ones that accept Jesus and the ones that never accept Jesus were all in him. And so what he did, what he finished belonged to us. So that every human being was in Christ. The second Adam was in Christ. And was, that means they died with him. And they were, just like they died with Adam in a sense, and and, and his death and all of that. You know, the scripture says, where Adam is concerned, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. We got that nature. And in sin did my mother conceive me? Well, the entire human race, now this is the part, I was stumbling here, but let me straighten it out. The entire human race was placed in Christ on the cross in his sacrifice. Why is this so important? Because you're going to need to know that so that you can apply the sacrifice of Christ and not just what Jesus did, but what God did with you in Christ. Colossians 2 verse 12 calls it, this placing the human race in Christ, Colossians 2 verse 12 calls it the faith of the operation of God. I didn't do this, you didn't do this, and it happened long before we were even born, 2,000 years ago. God took the entire human race and placed them in Christ, in his sacrifice. All right? Okay. All right. So you and I, so because we were in him now, hear this now. Number one, we were crucified with him. That means we died with him. Number two, you were buried with him. Number three, you are resurrected with him. Number four, you are ascended with him. And then number five, you are washed by his blood and cleansed from sin. Now, you got to receive it all, but that's what happened. That is the reason why the scripture will say in Galatians 6 verse 3 and 4, Know ye not, that means you need to know this, that as many as have been baptized into Christ. That means you were immersed in him. What happened? You were baptized into his death. You died with him. And you were buried with him by baptism. And like as Christ was raised up from the dead, you were raised up from the dead. Like as the Christ was ascended to the Father's right hand, you ascended with him. So, Philippe, Ephesians 2 verse 5 and 6 will say that, you were, that, that while you were dead in trespasses and sins, God raised you up together with him. And he made you to sit together with him in heavenly places. Death, burial, resurrection, ascension, we were there. You are in him. And you were washed by his blood. Now, let's make a quick little comparison here. First Corinthians 15, verse 21 and 22. I'm putting this in my words, but this is Bible words now. Since by one man, that's the first Adam, came death, by one man, which is Jesus, the second Adam, also came resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam, all died, even so in Christ Jesus, the second Adam all shall be made alive. That's Bible. That's First Corinthians chapter 15, 21 and 22. Okay. So then, by the authority, listen to me now. You, you got to lock in here because we're coming in. I can see that runway. And the runway look good. All right? <laughs> All right. So get ready. Get ready. Fasten your seatbelts. Whenever you're landing, you got to be careful. That's a very important part of this whole flight is takeoff and landing. All right. Glory to God. You're right. So by the authority of the sacrifice of Christ, what Jesus did for you and what God did with you in that sacrifice, when you accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, you become born again. Now, so you become born again. Why? Because you were in him in his death. In him his resurrection, in him in his burial, in him in ascension, washed by his blood. And you say, "Jesus, I received it. I believe Jesus has been raised up from the dead and I'm going to receive him as Savior and Lord. Boom, you get born again. Now comes, here comes three additional applications of the sacrifice. Three additional applications of the sacrifice. But, say but. These three additional applications of the sacrifice are only for those that are born again and have accepted Jesus. Did you get that? So, what are these six? Number six the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus does not belong to everybody. Ask the sons of (laughs) Sceva, right? You decide, oh, oh, I hear hear this brother or this pastor using the name of Jesus against the devil. I'm going to use the name of Jesus. No, not if you're not born again. You don't have a right to that name. So that's number six. The name of Jesus is given to the believer. That name is the authority of Jesus himself. And it is like the power of attorney to access various elements of the inheritance. Jesus had a humongous inheritance. It's called the riches of Christ. In that inheritance include healing and deliverance and and some of that gold. Say gold. That's all in the inheritance. But you cannot get a hold of the inheritance unless the person who made the will dies. And the person that made the will did die. His name is Jesus. So all that inheritance is ours. But who is it available for? For the believers. And the name of Jesus gives us that authority. And, that, and the authority to rule over the devil. A sinner cannot rule over the devil. He can resist him with his will and say, no devil, I'm not going to rob that bank. Right? But that's all he can do. He can't rule over the devil. And to keep and the authority, that name of Jesus has been given to us as believers so that we can keep the devil out of the garden out of your garden, and underneath your feet. Are you with me? But that name, that number six, is only available to believers. All right, number seven. Now, this is so awesome. And quite frankly, if I were to put it, if I were to put it this way, this is the secret to live in divine health and never be sick for the believer. Number seven. The very life of Christ in which there is no darkness The very life of Christ in which there is immunity from sickness and disease. The very life of Christ that is the very essence of immortality. That life of Christ is deposited in the spirit of every born again child of God. When you are born again, you become a partaker of his divine nature. uh, Paul John John said in 1 John 5, 13, my little children, he says, those of you who have believed in the name of the Son of God have written these things to you that you might know that you have eternal life so that you might become aware that you've got this eternal life and that life is the life of Christ. And that life of Christ that is inside the born again spirit of the believer, that is the power source out of which you can live victoriously in any and every area. That's what it's referring to in 1 John 4.4. 4, when it says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That is what Colossians 1.27 talks about. When it says Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know what glory is? Glory is the very excellency of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is Christ in you, the confidence that you can have and the expectation to see the goodness of God manifested in your life. Amen? Say, I got a life of Christ. Colossians 3, verse 3 3 and 4 says that you are dead and your life has been hid with Christ in God. And listen to verse 4. And when Christ who is your life shall appear. Then shall you appear with him in glory. Christ is now the life in your spirit. Colossians 3 verse, 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 verse 10 and 11 says, You've been created after the image of him that created you. And it says, Christ, check this out. Verse 11, we leave verse 11 out. I think we like 10, but, you know, but listen to verse 11. Christ, who is all and in all. You know what that means? Christ is all and in all. That means everything that is inside your spirit, he is that. He is all and in all. He is all. In in other words, he's each and everything in your spirit. What do you mean? Well, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. But let's also go to verse 18. If any man is in Christ, he's what? A new creation. What happened? All things have passed, passed away. And what? And behold. Check it out. Behold. All things have become new and all things are of God. All things are of God. Everything in your born-again spirit is of God. You've got the love of God shed abroad in your heart. It is not some other kind of love. You've got the peace of God which passed all understanding. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. It's not a different kind of peace the way the world gives it. You've got the glory of God. Jesus says, Father, the glory you have given me I've given them that they might be one even as we are one. You've got the faith of God on it. Everything in your born-again spirit He is all and in all. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 that we have got these treasures in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. So when certain things happen in our life, it's not because we've been so perfect. No, it is because of what's inside of us. Say greater is he that is in me. Say the life of God is in me. The life of Christ is my life. You see, the scripture says you were crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, but it's not you. The life you live in this flesh, it is the life of Christ and you live it by the faith of the Son of God. Oh, that believers would awake to the reality of who they are on the inside and let go of that human identity with all of its failures and shortcomings and with all of its accusation and condemnation and guilt and shame and history and everything else that comes from that realm of humanity, culture and background and gender and this and that and, and ethnicity and hereditary and all of that stuff. That stuff has come to an end in death and burial and you are a new creation. You now have the life of Christ. You are raised up in resurrection and you ascended with Christ. You are seated at the Father's right hand and you've got absolute authority. The same authority as Jesus. Are you with me? All right. So, where are we? And then number eight, finally. We also have the word of God and the promises of God. The scripture says all the promises of God are yes and amen. People sometimes, you know, we, we, with our religious mind, we say, well, sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. Sometimes he says maybe. Where are scriptures for that? There ain't no such scripture in the Bible. But the Bible does say in Second Corinthians 1 and verse 20 that all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. And 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4 says, There has been given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of lust. Amen. So, all the promises of God, every time you find a promise, it tells you what you got. Every time you find a promise, it tells you what God's heart and desire Towards his beloved is. And that this is what he wants to see manifest in your life. Because quite frankly. It's what he's already deposited in your spirit. And it's what is already finished. Amen. So what am I saying. The first five. Dead, burial, resurrection, ascension, shed blood. We were all as human beings placed in Christ. And that's the case. But when we receive Jesus. Those five are applicable. But we also now have three more. Number six. You have. The name of Jesus. Number seven, you have the life of Christ, which is the secret to divine health. And then number eight, you have the word and the promises of God. That's the get out the jail card. (laughs) All right, anyway. When you have trouble, pull out that promise. All right, now. So now allow me just to take a quick minute and convince you that no matter what the sickness is, whether it's minor whether it's major, whether it's supposedly terminal, whether it's hereditary, whether it's incurable, or whatever label medical science might put on it, and I'm not speaking against medical science. Thank God for medicine. Without medicine and without doctors, man, we would be a lot of us would have been dead. At least, at least they keep us alive until you can learn about divine healing and health. So don't go knocking the doctors. Thank God for them. Amen. All right, don't kick them out. Don't, 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 don't. Hey, pray for them. We need them until such time. Every perfect and every good gift come from God. God is the one that gives them that ability. And teach them about, what is that thing? Penicillin. And all these other discoveries. Amen? So, thank God for doctors. But there is another physician. His name is Jesus. Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. In fact, I have already healed you. But you got to know how to take it. Amen? All right, quickly, let's capture the fact that it doesn't matter what the illness is, the sacrifice of Christ has fully paid for it. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And in a way, this is the second part of the text. Now, hear me. If Paul says, and I'm going to paraphrase this, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe. To the Jew first, and then also to the Greek. And then he says, because therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. All right, that's, that's the exact quote. Here's my paraphrase. I'm going to give you one smack paraphrase because I got to move. <laughs> All right, okay. So here we go. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I have absolute confidence in the gospel which is the sacrifice, the good news. I have absolute confidence in the sacrifice. And that sacrifice, it is the power of God. It is the ability of God that can produce salvation. And salvation is wholeness, is deliverance, is healing, is the blessings of the Lord. I am not ashamed. I have full confidence in that sacrifice. It is the power of God to produce salvation and deliverance and healing and wholeness to everyone that believes. That's your part. You got to believe. To them that believe. And he said the reason why it is such power is because in that that sacrifice, there's an unveiling of this wonderful thing called righteousness, which is oneness with God. Where God, you you get wrapped up in Christ, where you become one with him and you become as Jesus is. And because of this oneness that you have with God, which includes the authority of God, which includes all the rights and privileges, which includes all the promises, because that's hidden inside of the sacrifice, no wonder this thing have all this kind of power. Are you with me? That's what that verse says. All right. Let me prove it to you this way. Job chapter thirty-three. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job thirty-three, I'm gonna read from verse 19. Now here's the situation. Man, I'm gonna narrate this as I go. Man is also chastened with pain in his bed, and with strong pain in many of his bones. That's his reality. Strong pain in his bones. I mean, this might be this is as you're gonna see, this is beyond arthritis. This is some kind of bone disease. This is some kind of bone cancer, whatever the case is. So that his life abhors bread. He has become so sick that the thought of bread is not nauseating. And his soul, succulent food. He used to like black cherry ice cream. Now black cherry ice cream, just the thought of it is, oh. You can't stand even, that's all it is. And his flesh, his flesh wastes away from sight. He began to lose weight. Used to be 180 pounds. Now he's like 92. And his bones, they stick out. Which were once not seen. He used to have muscle. He used to have nice skin. Now he's lost so much weight that now his bones are sticking out. And his soul is drawing near to the pit. I saw someone just very recently. And, and I mean, God have mercy. And I know it's a bad diagnosis from a medical perspective. But the truth of the matter is, and I'm not, the truth of the matter is if they don't get a miracle and if they don't know how to apply certain spiritual truth, what I saw in them, I don't mean to be unkind, was, was death around the corner. You ever seen somebody that sick? You know what I mean? All right. Ah. <sighs> And his soul draws near to the pit and his life to the executioners. But listen to verse 23, here comes hope. But God says, if there is a messenger for him, a mediator, one among a thousand, who can come and show man his righteousness. Can come and show man the rights and the privileges and authority that he has because of the blood of Jesus. Because of that sacrifice. And if someone could come and show the man God's righteousness. To honor the blood. To honor the sacrifice if somebody will dare believe it. if God, God says if there is a mediator. One among a thousand. That can show man his righteousness. His uprightness. Then God is going to be gracious to him. And God will say deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. I have found a ransom. I have gotten a sacrifice. And his flesh shall be young like a child. Glory to God. And he shall return to the days of his youth. You know what that means? He is restored. He is healed. He is delivered. And his strength is renewed like an eagle. Now he's able to run and not be weary. He can walk and not faint. And I mean, and his, his, his youth springs up speedily. His health springs up. This is what it says. His flesh, it had gotten all wrinkled. Bones were sticking out. It was becoming discolored. Now his flesh is nice and clean and smooth. And <sighs> Why? Because of the ransom, the sacrifice. And because, not just the ransom, but because somebody was being able to come and say, declare righteousness. Remember, the reason why this sacrifice has such power is because righteousness is hidden on the inside of it. Are you with me? I'm only saying that to point out, it doesn't matter what degree of sickness. The problem is, however, when someone is that sick, quite often, they don't have the strength to stand. And they give up. It's easier to die than to live. And they don't have the strength to do what it takes when they have stage 4 cancer. And the only way they're going to be healed is if you can curse the root of that cancer and command it. Cancer, I command you, die and come out of his body. I curse you at the roots. Get out of his body in Jesus' name. And then you got to have strength to say, cancer, you can't kill me. Get out of my body. By Jesus stripes, I am healed. Jesus, I thank you Lord for your divine healing power flowing in my body. Your healing power flowing in every joint, in every cell, in every organ, flowing in my bones, flowing in my lungs. Oh, I thank you Lord, that divine power, that same power that is in my spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead it is flowing it is flowing cancer you can't kill me go I said I curse you in the name of Jesus by your stripes I am healed Jesus you are my healer Jesus you are my healer thank you for healing me thank you Lord your healing power is flowing inside of me thank you Lord my strength is being restored quite often when somebody is that sick they don't have the strength to do that the truth is they should have practiced back on the headache And I don't mean to be unkind, because on the other hand, God is so gracious. That there are times people can be in that situation, and they may not have the strength to do it. Because they're at such a point that they're taking a breath every once in a while. Before they could get another one. But in that situation, if they can find, if there is somebody that knows what I'm talking about, that is prepared to pay the price and sit next to them on what would have been a dead bed and say, you can't kill my husband, you can't kill my child, you can't kill my my, my my wife in the name of Jesus. I curse you. Get out of him. You dumb thing. Go, oh, I said. I command you, obey me. Get out of him, you spirit of death. Go from him. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're raising him up. I thank you, your healing power is flowing. I thank you, he's being restored. Jesus, I give you a prayer. And if there's somebody who can do it for you, yes, you could get out of it. But if you can't, and it's a very serious situation. And there is no gifts of the spirit. The working of miracles and the gift of faith. Then I don't mean to be unkind. Then you're dealing with a situation where you, gotta, you should be ordering the flowers. Are you with me? I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being really serious here. But I am saying this divine healing is available at any stage. But you got to know how to get it. And how you get it is going to be, which is what I'm going to go to right now, is going to be the application Of that very sacrifice that has paid the price for you to be free. Are you with me? Now, I got to give you a very, very quick understanding of faith. Because everything works by faith. Let me explain faith just very concisely and as sharply as I can. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by the sixth sense. That can see into the unseen. And we are not trusting in those five physical senses. Quickly. Now. Let's say you have a child and you hear uh, I heard this example and I like it. Here is your little Johnny, and you hear Johnny screaming in pain. You have five physical, but when you hear that and you hear Johnny's in such pain, what do you do? Right? You're gonna dash to help him. Do you consult your taste? Hmm, I don't taste Johnny being hurt. Do you consult your hearing? Do you consult your your I don't smell him being hurt? I don't see him being hurt. What else is there? Give me the, oh, I can't. I, I don't feel anything. No. You will, you will forget about those other four senses. And, you, and that dominant hearing sense. You will go on that alone. Are you with me? Now when you are. Now God has given you faith as a sixth sense. So that you can know what's going on in the realm of the spirit. And what's already done and what's already finished. But to walk by faith, you have got to ignore those other five senses. Because if you, because when the, when the word of God says he bore my sickness, he carried my infirmities, by his stripes I'm healed. This leukemia cannot stay in my body. I am healed of leukemia. If you don't believe, if you look, if if that is what a sixth sense is saying, confirm me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. God has given you faith as a sixth sense by which you can function in this unseen realm. Where you don't have to make it happen. You just go there to obtain and to find. But then you see, when you're operating in that, here is a, let, us, let me show you a quick secret of faith. Mark chapter 11 verse 24 says, When you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. Let me paraphrase that. When you pray and you enter into that realm of the unseen and you are there, when you are there, receive it, take it, obtain it, find it. You have to receive. When you pray, believe you receive it and you're going to have it. You cannot have what you don't receive. There is nothing in your life on any realm that you have that you didn't receive. The shirt on your back, the fingernails, you receive that too. Are you with me? But now, how do you receive You receive in the unseen realm by faith, with that sense of faith. And having is in the manifestation realm down here. All right, so let me back up again. So here is how this stuff works. You have, um, so in the same way, you decide I am, I'm going to ignore those four senses, and I'm going by my hearing. I hear my child screaming, I'm going to do something about it. Well, it's the same way you ignore those four senses. When you're going to walk by faith, you've got to ignore those five senses because those five senses were never de- designed to tell you what's happening in that realm. In the same way, right, the, the taste and the smell was not designed to let you hear your child hurting. And when you receive by faith, if you listen to those five senses, that is when you're going to begin to doubt and that is when you're going to begin to wonder. But if you can believe According as it is written and what it is done, and I believe and therefore speak, and you stay in that faith. Through faith and staying in faith, you obtain the promises. In other words, when you stay there and where you receive in that realm of the Spirit, you're going to end up having here. You got it? All right, you got to understand that. So, faith is this confidence that you have based on God. And you see, let me, put a, let me play with some words here for a minute. Seeing is believing. What do you mean? In the realm of the spirit. When you can see it as done in the realm of the spirit, that's when you're going to believe. And that's why sometimes you got to meditate on the word long enough to come to that place. Because faith comes about hearing and hearing. Are you with me? All right. So, but the unseen realm is where? Here is where your inheritance is. All right, Jesus says a man cannot receive anything which includes his healing except it's given to him from heaven unless you receive it from that realm because that's where it is so faith says i believe and i ignore the other five senses regardless what the doctor report says and faith will resist the five senses that can cause doubt everything in the now, everything everything in the kingdom of god works by faith the application of the eight elements of the sacrifice is by faith when we're talking about dead burial, resurrection, ascension, and shed blood, it's all by faith. So seeing as God sees, believing, acting accordingly. All right. And when you do that, God says, I'm going to demonstrate salvation. Now, as I come to land the plane, now I'm going to walk through those eight elements of the sacrifice, and I'll show you how you apply each of them to take a hold of your healing. All right? But now, just before we do, just stand up and stretch. Just stand up and stretch for a moment. Amen. Stand up, make a stretch. Ha, ha, ha. And, I, and when I'm finished this, I'm going to pray for everyone that has need, that want to believe God with me. All right, let's have a seat. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> okay, so here now is a step-by-step application of the eight elements of the sacrifice for your healing and for your divine health. All right? Okay, number one, the authority of death. Now, i want to combine number one, the authority of death and the burial. Number one and two, I'll combine them both. So let's say number one and two, the authority of death and burial over sickness. Now, we're just dealing with sickness. I look forward. I want to teach this in some other areas sometime soon. But the authority of death and burial over sickness. Colossians 1 verse 21 and 22. Listen to it. It says, And you who were alienated... And enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. In other words, then, in the body of Christ himself, through his death and burial, what happened? He, he reconciled. He took an exchange. He made an exchange. That word reconcile is exchange. What did he exchange? Matthew 8 verse 17 says, He himself bore your sicknesses and carried your infirmities. And what did he exchange it for? He, now listen to this. He exchanged it for his health. Now I know we just settle for healing. But I'm going to tell you right now, it is his health that he has given you. Uh, and I, let me quickly prove it to you. We're going to say 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. He was made to be sin for us. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Alright. That's easy. We got that. Well the same way he was be made sin. That we might what? Have some righteousness. No. That we might have the righteousness of God in Christ. Well he became sickness and disease. Why? So that we can have him as our health. And that's the real truth. That is why divine health is going to go off in that direction. Now. Isaiah 52 verse 14, talking about Jesus carrying our sickness and disease. Check it out, Isaiah 52 verse 14. It says, Jesus' body was so marred because of all that sickness and disease that you could not recognize him as a human being on that cross. It looked like some big chunk of meat of some sort. You didn't even know what it is you were looking at. It's not those beautiful pictures you see, not even what you see in the passion of the Christ. His body was so marred. He was taking the sickness and disease. Now, and what has he given us? His health. Listen to this. It says in Ephesians 5 verse 23 that he is savior of the body. And then it says in Ephesians 5 verse 30. Now listen to this. We are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Well, his flesh, body, and bones are healed and whole. Furthermore, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. Jesus was made to be, it says, Christ is made unto us righteousness okay thank you he's made unto us wisdom okay thank you he's made unto us sanctification thank you well he's also made unto us redemption that's your divine health that is Christ himself as your health first Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says he himself bore our sins in his own body remember the death and burial we're talking about the death and burial application part he took Bore our sins in his own body on the tree; that being, that we, having died to sins, live unto righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. But you gotta receive this by faith. In other words, I gotta believe this. I gotta speak this, and I gotta declare that by His death and burial, He carried every sickness and every disease that could try to afflict my body. And by those stripes on His back, I've been healed. And He has made an exchange. I'm reconciled. His health is my health. I receive Christ as my health. And when I take that communion bread, and I take that bread, I said, "This is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that was broken for me." And I receive this as his very life. <coughs> because I have a common union with everything he did. Amen? Alright, number three. The authority of resurrection over illness. First Peter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us. He has gotten us born again to a living hope How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and doesn't fade away, reserved in the spirit for us. Part of that inheritance that is undefiled, faded not away, incorruptible, is divine health. Say, I take it. By faith. And that's what you got to do. You got to talk this way. That inheritance includes divine healing and health. That is the reason why Romans 8 verse 11, we're talking about resurrection. It's a resurrection power. It says the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead quickens your mortal body. It makes your flesh alive. Ephesians 1 verse 19 to 20, talking about that resurrection power. Paul was praying that we would know what is the exceeding greatness of that power that raised up Christ from the dead. And set him at at Father's right hand. That power. Now we got to mix faith with it. Why, Why mix faith with it? The scripture says the word and the gospel and the sacrifice and the promises. It don't profit you anything unless you mix it with faith. Which means unless you mix it with believing and speaking that it is so. Remember, I'm not talking about the five physical senses. God has given me this sixth sense. He's given it to us. Number four, the authority of ascension. The fact that you were raised up together with him. And where? Where to? Well, it says in Ephesians 1 20 and 21 that when he raised up Jesus from the dead and we were raised up with him, he ascended at the Father's right hand. Now, do you know where that is? It's far above principalities, powers, dominion, and every name that is named. Every, every name that is named. Say every name that is named. Cancer's a name diabetes is a name look whatever it is is a name any sickness and disease it's a name well the name he been left be seated in, in a place called ascension this is a position of advantage now I'm pointing up but please let me cut, correct this this position is not a physical place it's in the spirit it's a location in the spirit, in, the, in this place where you're above only. Say, I'm above only. Right? So, this place that you are seated is far, uh, uh, it's above every name, above every sickness, every disease. Amen? And that includes the name of any sickness, any disease. But again, say, i got to mix it with faith. So, what if you were dealing with COVID-19? Or what if you were dealing with whatever comes up? you got to decide COVID-19, you're a name. And you are below me. I rule over you. And we could pull in the name of Jesus, which I'll get to. And that name is above you. Are you with me? Mix it with faith. All right, number five. The authority of the blood of Christ over disease. Now, there are many angles that we could come at this, but let me just give you two. One, sickness and disease is the penalty of sin. All right? Condemnation. A building is condemned. Not fit to live in. We got to tear it down. Well, that's sickness and disease is saying because of sin. You got to tear it down. (laughs) Are you with me? But guess what? Jesus paid the price for sin, did he? And therefore, the penalty, that condemnation, that judgment has also been canceled. And the blood says that this price has been paid. So when Jesus' blood was shed, that was a declaration of the penalty for sin has been paid for. That means Death has occurred. That blood means death has occurred. Therefore, that death angel, remember in the book of Egypt, in, 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 in Egypt, when they put the blood above the doorpost and the death angel had to pass over? Well, the death angel has to pass over because of that blood. Another aspect of that blood is the fact that the blood, remember when Jesus was whipped and, it, and, the, uh, 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 and his back was whipped and busted and was bleeding and he was by those wounds. We've been what? Healed. So what am I? So by the authority of that, I'm healed. So the blood is the authority over sickness and disease. Number six, the authority of the name of Jesus. Well, we know at the name of Jesus, every knee bows. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, things of earth, things under the earth. Every name bows to that name. So there is absolute victory in that name. That is the reason why sometimes, very, very simply, that's why you say in the name of Jesus, I command you, spirit of fear, go. I command you, spirit of suicide, go. I command you, spirit of depression, go. I command you, spirit of infirmity, I bind you. I command you, go. In Jesus' name, crooked leg, I command you, in the name of Jesus, be straight, I say, obey me, be straight. Bone need to grow back. I command bone, grow in Jesus' name. Because when I declare the name of Jesus, I'm bringing the very person of Christ to be on the scene. Are you with me? And that's number what? Six. Then number seven. So that's why Jesus was saying, my name you will cast out devils lay hands on the sick, in my name they're going to recover. Jesus is in his name, and his name is victory. His name is authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Peter, when he healed the man at the gate, that was, that was lame from his mother's womb, that was 40 years old, after Peter, Peter healed him, Peter said in Acts chapter 3 verse 16, that it is faith in the name of Jesus that has given this man this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So we got to mix it with faith. And number seven, the authority of the life of Christ. Oh, how I love the life of Christ. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now, that authority of the life of Christ mm, is is the authority over all sickness. Just on the basis of the fact that that life of Christ, the power is in there. The nature of God is in there. Uh, 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 The power of resurrection, the immortality. The scripture says how he's brought life. Light and immortality to light through the gospel. Through Christ being in you. Second Timothy 1 verse 10. Romans 8 verse 10 says your, your spirit is life. The life of God because of what? Righteousness. Because of this oneness. He is the vine. We are the branches. The sap that is flowing in the vine is the same sap that is flowing in the branch. Is that right? Is that correct? Are we, is he the vine That's right. So it is life that is in him is in us. So my spirit is pregnant with life, divine life, the life of Christ because of my union with him. And it is upon the authority of that that I refuse to allow sickness and disease to operate in my body. Because of that reality. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And everywhere that that river goes, according to Ezekiel 47, verse 9 and verse 12, I believe, everywhere where that river goes, there is life, there is healing, there is deliverance. So if I've got a problem in some part of my body and out of my belly flows rivers of living water, I just need to get the rivers to flow over there. Are you with me? So, how do I do that? Speak. The law of the spirit of life in Christ makes me free from the law of sin and death and sickness and disease. Romans 8 verse 2. The story about my eyes, that's how my eyes got healed. In 2013, it's now 10 years later. By that authority, by that reality. Hallelujah. Romans 5 verse 10 says, now that you are reconciled to God. Imagine before you, when you were a sinner and you were an enemy to God, you had been reconciled. Think about it. That person that doesn't accept Jesus, the price has been fully paid. How much more now, Romans 5.10, how much more? Now when God says much more, I believe he means much more. How much more, now that you are reconciled, listen to this, shall you be saved by his life? That means saved, healed, made whole by that life. And then number eight, finally. Now, I'm telling you, you may need to come back, listen to this, make some notes, listen to it several times. But you get a hold of this stuff and you apply it. Hmm. It's going to drive out sickness. And when you learn to live in it, sickness is not going to come and visit you. It's going to try, but guess what? When you answer the door and you recognize you didn't order that, sorry, wrong address. You don't let salesmen in your house unless you want to see a presentation. Hello? And nothing against salesmen, Hey. But what I'm saying is, you can live this way. You can live this way. Anyway, finally, the authority of the word and the promises of God over illness. The divine nature of God has only light in it. It only has life. The promises of God, in your spirit you have all this life. And the promises of God draws out that divine life. That's why it says in 2 Peter 1 verse 4, that by these we are partakers; we can take the part of the divine nature that we need, and that part is healing. Fine, take it. Psalms one and seven, verse twenty says, "God sent His word, and He healed them, and He delivered them from all of their oppression and all of their infirmity." Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty to twenty-two says, "My son, attend to my word; incline your ear unto it. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Get it in the midst of your heart, and it is health." To all your flesh. Another translation says it's medicine. To any, to all your flesh. It's medicine for any kind of sickness and disease. Why? Because the word is powerful. The word and God, the word is God. God and the word is one. So the ingesting of the word of God is ingesting God. And when the life of God who flows, and our life is light. And when light comes, darkness leaves. When that life flows, sickness disappears. So the word is health to all your flesh. God says his word shall not return void, but it will accomplish which he's pleased. So when you release the word into your spirit, boom. Amen? Okay. Now I know this is a mouthful, and that's why I got to come back and listen to this. But I'm telling you, Paul lived this stuff. Paul lived this stuff. Listen to this. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, Paul says, I always, always bear about in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus so that the life of Christ might be made manifest in my body. What is he saying? Paul says, I always carry about in my body, this here, the dying of the Lord Jesus. That means I always live in this identification that I was that, that of the sacrifice of Christ. I always live in this identification that I've been crucified with Christ. I was buried with him. I was resurrected with him. I ascended with him. I've been washed by his blood. I have the authority of his name. I have his life in my spirit. And I, and, and, and I have his word and his promises. I always bear about in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus. This identification. And then here he says why. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in my body in this year. Somebody say, oh, but Paul is being spiritual. Okay, okay, but let's read the next verse then. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Is that spiritual enough? You get me? No longer body, but mortal flesh. Paul says, I live this way. They took Paul and Paul was stoned one time. Stoned, and as far as we see, Paul must have died. And then the big Christians who gathered around him and they prayed. And Paul got up and went back into the same tongue that he got stoned. What happened? That life was made manifest in his body. And it destroyed and drived out whatever happened. Because of that stoning. Amen? Now, all I want to do is this. I'm going to pray for everyone. I'm going to pray for those here. And I'm going to pray for those online. Everyone, one, one. one. Here online, I can lay hands on you. Those online, I'm going to pray for you. You're going to receive it by faith. Let me tell you what I do. This is how I live. I live this way. I'm not just talking this. My wife could tell you, I live like this. All I live like this. And I don't want to boast in myself. Because I boast in the cross. I boast in that sacrifice. But this is how I live. I eat and I bless my food. I declare this, th- this food is supernaturally empowered to do me good. And even as I eat, the power of God is released and sickness is removed from my body. I declare this. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead quickens my mortal body. No sickness or no disease is allowed to live in my body because my body is the temple of the living God and God is to be glorified in here. Not no sickness, no devil. My body belongs to God. And the word of God says that if any man anything defiles his body, that he himself will destroy it. So Christ who's on the inside of me, if there's any kind of affliction that try to come against me, according to Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 and verse 21, Christ himself will rise up and he will exhort power and he will He will, He will will subdue it in the name of Jesus. So Father, I want to thank you that your divine healing power is flowing in every cell and every joint throughout my entire being and that law of the spirit of life, that law that governs our life of of Christ that is in me, it supersedes every law of sin and death and sickness and disease, so no sickness or disease is allowed in my body. But the life of Christ is made manifest in my body. That life in which there is life and there is immortality dwells in the inside of me and it is released and it drives out every sickness, every disease in the name of Jesus. If for any reason I come in contact with any kind of virus or anything that is harmful, I believe that that law of the spirit of life in Christ cancels any negative effect I, I, I'm saying that just to point out how I talk, how I pray, how I speak. Now, th- of course, this didn't just happen overnight, uh, obviously, right? I mean, you can't just ramble that stuff on. You got to know what you're talking about. But it took some time, but it's available. But you see, God is so good that you don't have to necessarily know all of this to start with. You start where you are. The mercy and the grace of God is such that he will treat us better than we deserve. And he will make the cookies available on the lower shelf so you don't have to climb up. On the top of a chair. So right now for everyone. Everyone that is underneath the sound of my voice. If you're dealing with any kind of infirmity. Those of you online. If it is in a place where you can put your hand. Just put your hand on it. You say why? Because the word of God says. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And if you are already a Christian. And the life of God is on the inside of you. And so that life is going to flow through your very own hands. Because you see, out of your belly flows rivers. And I'm going to speak the word in a moment. And when I speak that word, I'm releasing the life of Christ through these airwaves. It doesn't matter if you're on the other side of the earth. There is no distance in the realm of the spirit and that life and the power of God will come right where you are and I'm believing that it will collide within your body and it will drive out sickness and disease. So right now just lay your hands on whatever part of your body where there is some kind of infirmity in the name of Jesus and then and just be in a receiving mode. When I say a receiving mode, remember that sixth sense, faith. So that right now, when you pray, you're going to believe you receive. You're going to just simply say, yes, I take it. Yes, I take it. Yes, I take it. Maybe someone you have an orniated disc, you believe God. Maybe someone you got some, something happening in your womb, or here you are, you're a man, and you got some kind of erectile dysfunction or something in that arena, just believe God. You might not want to put your hand there, but just lift up your hand before God, God knows. But I, I'm, I'm believing God. I'm believing God with you. I'm believing that life of the power of God to flow. That ear, that left side ear, that has been ringing in the name of Jesus, that ringing must stop in Jesus' mighty name. Right now, that river of God is flowing. I come against every spirit of infirmity that has tried to afflict you. There is that one where you have this constant, recurring sickness. It's one sickness, and then it's another one, and then it's another one, and it's another one. I bind you, you spirit of infirmity. Loose them in Jesus' name and go from them now I speak healing I speak health I speak recovery in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus so now just receive the healing power of God just say I take it I take it I take it I take it just take it take it for whatever whatever the name of that infirmity is it bows to the name of Jesus it bows in the name of Jesus. It cannot stay in your body. It cannot stay in your body. That same power that raised up Christ from the dead, that resurrection power, it is released now to flow in your body and to bring forth that healing. Receive it. Take it. Take it in Jesus' name. And then what you do is when you come out of this time of prayer, just stay in faith. Just thank God that by his stripes I am healed. Just stay in faith. Just keep thanking God. Just keep thanking God. You just look back. You could look at your watch and say it was 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I received my healing. And just remind yourself, that's when I took it. That's when I take it. And the Bible says if you believe you receive it when you pray, you're going to have it. Your manifestation is going to come in this realm. Just hold fast. Through faith and patience, you obtain the promises. soko toko shakatakaya. Now, for anyone out there, you've never made Jesus the Savior and the Lord of your life, you need to make him the Lord of your life. Just say this with me right now. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and you died for me. I believe you were raised up from the dead and I turn my life over to you and I receive you into my life. Maybe you've been backslidden and you've been away from God. Say, Jesus, I repent and I receive you. I hear you knocking at my door. And I open it. Come on in. Be my savior. Be my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And I thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Healing me in my spirit, in my soul, and in my body. I rebuke that spirit of oppression that spirit of oppression, you one that have been wandering and wandering and wandering, you feel like you're being pushed constantly to this, to this suicide thing, I bind that in the name of Jesus. You are not going to commit suicide. You're going to live and declare the glory of the Lord, and may the Lord fill you with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. And that situation that you taught means so much, it doesn't mean anything. There's the greater thing. The greater is the life of Christ. Find yourself a local church. Find yourself a local pastor and go be. Join that congregation. Tell them that you've accepted Jesus, Savior and Lord, and receive help. In Jesus' name, amen.